Namaste. We are with Gautam Ji once again for today's podcast. Thank you, Gautam, for your time as always. Thank you, Nick. Gautam, there are uh, devotees who ask me this question in common: that how do I meet the devotees that I meet, and you know, to talk a little bit about my meetings, the behind the scenes, how these relationships were developed. and you know what is it that i have learned from them or just a little more about them in general so i felt uh, this might be a good way to cover this in the podcast and uh, you know maybe people can pick up a few things whatever uh, they can for themselves from it sure even i would be interested to know about your visits to you know such people and how they've come across uh, your content and you across them etc It's really been blessed by Baba. I guess one leads to another. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gautam, what fascinated me, it obviously started with I, and at the time I was very new to Baba, and uh, I I didn't know much about Baba and uh, the teachings. Uh, I had not met many more devotees, but something very interesting happened last year, mm-hmm. around August, is when I met Himama and some other very intimate devotees. Okay. and uh, i was completely blown away uh, seeing their devotion sentiment uh, for baba and you know the miracles then were really like not even very significant because when you just go in their presence uh, it was so overwhelming that you would nearly like start crying or feel a, a sheer sense of overwhelm yes and i uh, we had gone together to himama which was uh, quite a wonderful experience yes it was you're right yeah so you know some bits that i i saw in common were just the fact that their sentiment for baba was above everything i mean unparalleled they they were not really bothered about uh, certain disciplines or it was just sheer love that i've always sensed that they have in common and i've actually met many more i've been very blessed to meet uh, quite a few more devotees who we've not covered because many are not comfortable coming on camera coming into the limelight sure uh, which is understandable mm-hmm. and uh, there are so many like that i've met i'm sure you see the main thing here as you said nick is why is it overwhelming because the heart gets opened in their presence because their own hearts itself are open because of their love for baba you know i remember when we visited hemama uh we were quite late because of prior commitments but uh, there was no irritation there was no uh, you know impatience she didn't display any of that when we walked in which was very touching to see because you know of her commitment to baba to nothing else so that is what i mean when i constantly say are you living the teaching and uh, you know you could sense how open how vulnerable she was as an individual uh, with what all she has seen and then how people come to her with all sorts of problems so that can only happen when one's heart is open otherwise it would not happen which is like you said the right word is bhav they have baba first in their lives all of them that i've met all of them have one thing baba comes first yes they wake up in the morning talking of himama 
in the freezing cold of Delhi in the winters, not a day when she will miss her first kakad aarti of Baba's in the morning, 3-3.30, waking up every day. She has severe back pain mm-hmm. and sometimes Baba has told her, no, you're not well, don't. But she still does it. And I feel that is the commitment that they have despite their busy work schedules and they don't have easy lives by any means. Right. Which many people have that misunderstanding that, oh, you know, because they are so close to Baba, their lives are rosy. Mm. It's quite actually far from that. (laughs) It's usually the opposite also, you know. Yes, you know, so despite that, the fact that Baba comes first, I have always felt that is that threshold that is crossed in their devotion where then I would say they are intimate devotees. So Nick, this reminds me of a story of Jesus. You see, he had a, a very famous devotee called Saint Theresa. And Saint Theresa was working in the fields and pushing wheelbarrows and sweating and huffing and puffing. And she was tired because she was getting old. Mm. So she was exasperated and she looked up in the sky and said, Jesus, why are you not helping me? Why are you making things so difficult? So Jesus replied, saying, don't worry. I ask this only of my close friends. And then she replied, Jesus, no wonder you don't have many friends. (laughs) You see, this is the point. The point is that Mm. our devotion is tested. Now, the point is that are we willing to go through the hardships and still keep that devotion? Yes. That is the point of this story. And going back to Baba and the devotees you have met, where you say they are shining examples of this, of this discipline, of this bhav, and their lives are not rosy either. You see, that is the whole point that no one guaranteed them, nor did Baba guarantee them that your life would be a bed of roses if you worshipped me. Hmm. It is despite the hardships, despite the physical aches and pains, the devotion is still ongoing. This is a very important thing. We have mentioned it in some earlier uh, talks also. So your audience might find we are repeating this point, but it is a point which needs repetition. Yes. Because there is this misconception that if I have a certain uh, respect or time allocated to the divine, to Baba, then things will not go wrong in my life. That misconception has to be removed. That unfortunately is quite prevalent, at least with the beginners. And uh, that is the basis of a conditional relationship with Baba, which is then bound to where the boat is rocked when something goes wrong. True. You know, one thing they've also mentioned to me, the the devotees have met, that Baba is particular about one's discipline and routine and it is Baba who instills this. So I asked them, what I would do is, when I would meet them and get some time with them, I would ask them about their journeys and how they uh, got close to Baba. Mm -hmm. And they said it is, you know, over a period of time, like it is not by their will and their strength that they've been able to do this, the devotion. It was that initial yearning and then Baba changed their routine, blessed them that they can do these things. Because I have met some Gautam who are working, who have very busy work lives and responsibilities, but they will get up in the morning at four, 
do their arti do their sadhana go to work take care so that also shows one other aspect that their worldly responsibilities are fulfilled their duties mm-hmm. to without any compromise at all yes in you know through that during the day and specific time is allocated but this sort of a discipline and routine they have and they all attributed to baba and baba's grace yes yes because after all it is their bhav for baba which makes them get up that early in the morning you see so in that sense it is baba's doing yes yes absolutely and in fact yesterday in the podcast you had mentioned this that if one is taking advantage of this time and seeing it as a blessing yes then one must instill a discipline or time so i felt this could be inspiration that the discipline and time is one of the fundamental things all the intimate devotees have in common right and also you know for the people who are not uh, that intimately uh, involved in devotion to baba uh, you see what tends to happen the opposite tends to happen i have a friend whom i was talking with yesterday highly disciplined generally used to wake up very early and have a routine and he was in bed by 10 pm hmm. now he was he mentioned to me that the routine has gone haywire He said first I enjoyed waking up late for a few days just watching movies after movies after movies but then he said I reached a point where I felt uncomfortable with this because my nature that is my friend saying this my nature was to actually get up early because I love the early mornings mm. and this lethargy was creeping in this laziness was creeping in and if I had kept doing like this waking up late and all that he said i would have become miserable and therefore i took the decision to get back into my routine of waking up early and i'm so thankful for that yes so you see the thing is that lethargy and laziness come in when that focal attention is not there when that discipline is not there yes discipline is indeed essential there are people who are not inclined to discipline and they will find it hard you see but then even if you introduce discipline in your own way we are not saying everyone has to get up early if you can't get up early don't but then during the course of the day yes put in certain minute events gestures lighting of diyas like you said a small aarti at some time or sitting in contemplation for some time by all means in the course of the day that also is a discipline only you see so whatever suits individuals but to introduce it in one form or another would be a big blessing because in these days where there's nothing much else to do if the patterns are set that becomes the new conditioning yes and then that can continue onwards beyond this period so it is in that sense a gift you know there is that saying that many of the devotees say that you take one step to baba he will take 10 steps towards you yes and uh, baba here will only see one's intention and if that is pure and one is sincere then he will pull you true true but i am coming back to this point uh, nick sorry to harp about it normally our sincerity is based on only if good things happen to me the sincerity has to be that despite the ups and downs in one's life the devotion is constant you know i would like to share a parable here of what i've also heard this might be helpful to the listeners 
all these devotees say they see baba as a family member mm-hmm. now uh, i will come to a point later which i heard with vinima and it was quite significant but they keep saying this one thing that we see baba as a family member mm-hmm. now when they have that sort of a deep sentiment uh you know then it becomes very difficult uh even if they have difficulties for example say you have a difficulty you face uh, are you going to ha- be cross say with your mother hmm. and uh, abandon her or your relationship with your mother is not conditional is it gautam correct so that is the thing the relationship with baba is so deep and it is not just based at all they are not even bothered that's what i see miracles and all have no significance to them really yes because it is this relationship which is so deep and that is the whole i would say the most vital thing yes then that is unshakable correct and uh, you know the way i look at it is uh, and this is just from a different vantage point Baba is navigating all his devotees to what he wants to give them that is the very end unfortunately devotees who don't have that relationship established yet or who are not immersed in love and devotion towards him when something goes wrong they may point a finger or question it but it is like you know the sheep and the shepherd taking them right till the very end and here they are you know throwing stones at the shepherd mm-hmm. which is a shame yes yes true it does happen a lot though yes yes but that i do feel the key thing here is that relationship so it could be different for different people some see it as the mother some see it like i said she would see baba as her grandfather right right so you see when that relationship is so deeply rooted then there is no question correct and i will uh, come to something which actually venima brought to my notice uh, once we had gone to baba ayer's cafe the very sweet old man and the cafe in shirdi and uh, after we started eating she said oh my god i have forgotten again and i said what she said Oh you know I find it very difficult to offer food to baba and I admire those devotees who do and I keep telling him I keep forgetting hmm. and I would not follow this practice before this but it is what she said made me aware and then I started seeing when I would go to ai when I would go to hemama when I would go to veenama the first thing they would do before anything is offer it to baba right and then i saw this is not as easy initially at least yes that because i would say food is the most primary instinct even sex and other things yes one can do without but food is o- almost like our survival the deepest instinct would be food and water right so you know before that uh, you know in any state to offer it to baba and not just in one second they do it's almost like a ceremony and then they go, you know have offered to other members of the family and i find it very beautiful and now it has become a practice but i am so grateful to venima for bringing it to my notice and then i became aware of it and i observed it in the other devotees yes yes so even this uh, was one aspect uh, you know that offering food to baba is uh, Uh, a very very important thing all of them do and uh, sometimes one may forget that is fine hmm. but uh, even if they travel or wherever it is even if it's a mental offering 
but uh, the fact that baba comes before anything is uh, it is the primary thing in their life yes and you know the specific point about offering food to baba you see now uh, the sage for example the sage is aware that when he is eating he is not an individual which is eating the food the sage is aware that if he was not conscious then he would not be able to eat so the food is is it being taken by the individual or by the beingness and the consciousness which is being offered the food now the sage has that heightened awareness that when i am eating something as holy as my sense of presence is being offered the food not me as an individual mm. now we ordinary human beings don't have that awareness therefore baba representing consciousness representing the source representing the divine what we do is when the food is made we offer it to baba first because he represents all that and then we partake of the food so it is actually a very beautiful uh, gesture or mechanism you could say the whole point being that the food is offered to god as a offering first because god is light god is consciousness god is being you can call it by any name and baba represents that so even the small act tends to deflate the individual ego that i am eating goes out of the window yes. see because of this so it is a very beautiful tool which has been introduced by offering food many people will offer it to their family deity also but the result is the same you are actually offering it to that higher power yes another thing i have observed gautam with them is for even when it comes to daily living and decision making or anything in their lives everything happens by the will of baba not only is it a deep realization but in their day to day living they will not take any decision or do anything without baba's consent because they know only he knows hmm. that is another very very deep uh, thing in fact the other day you mentioned a story in the podcast where someone wanted to travel abroad and they there was a uh, they they were very insistent on that that's right and then uh, they realized the lockdown happened yes so that is also at, basically they have accepted that their own will is too limited there is a higher force which is far beyond one's comprehension and therefore they are surrendered to that force so when you say ask baba it is exactly referring to that that is definitely i mean one would see that this is a common point amongst all these devotees you have spoken about yes nick i must say since you had brought up devotees like uh, you know hemama as an example and the others uh, even i have visited some of them like i i remember i also who had a very simple uh, basic household yes Uh, but uh, as we were on the subject of the sacred space they have created and the shrines like each had a distinct flavor because after all we are all different personalities and what we found common was the sense the vibrations the sense of peace um you know like i found uh, hemama's shrine was quite overwhelming whereas uh, ai's was minimalist 
but delivered a similar result in terms of the sanctity you feel in that environment yes so yes. could you share something because you must have been uh, you know exposed to more of this and seen commonalities or insights gained when you have seen their sacred spaces you know that's a good point you raised gautam it takes me back to the shoot i did in shirdi with venima So you know when we were shooting, poor thing, I would trouble her and start filming with her at three in the morning. Oh, But God. one day, <laughs> yeah, one day I had gone to her living room to set up the cameras and you know all of that. So I would go to her home at two thirty. Sorry to diverge a bit. But I would go to her home at two thirty in the morning. She would leave the door open. Then she would come out at three. And I noticed uh, right in front of Baba's beautiful image at her home. she had a little glass and it had a uh, something floating which i had not seen before so i asked her i said ma what is this so she said see this is a akhand jyot which lasts 24 hours so the light in front of baba is lit 24 hours so i said oh how do you do that mm-hmm. so she showed me simple little thing it was a little floating wick uh, with aluminium i mean they're readily available yes yes and uh, you know she said This is lit, and I said, "How amazing! I'd never seen that in anyone else's shrine before." Mm-hmm. So you know, I picked that up and started doing that at home. Right. Then I when think I went, that is put in oil and water, right? Yes. So they take oil and water, and maybe uh, you know what might be nice is I'll make a list of all these observations that I've seen at different devotees' homes. Which are very simple. Eh? I mean, you know, you, it doesn't cost anything. Yes, I think it would be wonderful if you shared such a list. Yeah. So you know, below the the podcast when it's put on Patreon, I will put all these little pointers on what to get and where. And uh, you know, that was something I really liked. So you know, in the office as well as at the shrine at home, I put a few of these, which are lit twenty four hours. and uh, you know they don't need any monitoring but you know that light it it reminds me each time i see it you know in the satcharit you hear stories of how baba liked lighting diyas yes and uh, you know to have them it's almost like it it removes that uh, negativity of course we would light a diya or a candle for some time usually but you know when you know it's there 24 hours it's very beautiful it changes the aura of your home correct and then you know and another devotee i saw they have camphor like that lit uh, for a few hours every day uh, in a little heater and uh, you know things like that i picked up and then all of them had uh, like you know chants of baba of some sort going on in the background and then i felt these are things that build up to the ambience yes but also uh, you know they are very regular with these things like you know uh, offering flowers offering food uh, one other thing i saw they all have udi when they leave home they are very particular about uh, the use of udi when they they drink it in water so you know these little things so maybe i just put together a list because if i get into all of it uh, it it will be very long but it might be, be a, a great service if you did that yeah it would be a, a very helpful tool that if devotees can go through this article with uh, you know the various things and then whatever they wish or what resonates with them they can add it into their little altar at home correct i think that would be beautiful hmm so Thanks Gautam it's been a nice uh, talk i mean uh, it's really been a wonderful journey with meeting i i i count my ble- 
No, that's not the right phrase. I can't say I count my blessings. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then I count my blessings. I'm eternally grateful, you know, because to meet devotees of Baba that are so close to him, so humble. Yes. And Gautam, there is not a trace of any book knowledge. They are not bothered about any outcome. They don't want anything. Right. It is only and only love. And that love is so overwhelming that, uh, you know, sometimes they write poetry and, you know, if you, uh, I ask them to read and it is so overwhelming, Gautam, that, uh, you know, you, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of the most beautiful experiences to spend time with them. Yes. And uh, I really pray that uh, through, you know, I, I pray to Baba that, you know, we can get more time with them so all other devotees can get that, uh, get at least a little bit that they can take home. And it awakens that love and uh, that devotion towards Baba, seeing their example. Yes, and I think uh, what you are doing, Nick, if I remember correctly, is you see, this is all unfolding itself. There is no one who is on your channel so far who has called you and wished to be promoted. These uh, incidents, these individuals you've come across and after you have felt their genuineness with their devotion, you have brought them onto the channel. That is very important also. Yes, There's that's that a very good point. innocence is maintained. Yes. You know, I must say, however, that since the channel is now gaining a bit of traction, there are people who do get in touch, but you know, I don't, uh, because see, any genuine devotee of Baba honestly doesn't want to come under the limelight. These devotees, I've literally had to plead them. Right. So it is a very big, uh, very big service to Baba that they do by getting themselves out there, not of their own will or any personal interest, but it is just because they feel that maybe by their story yes. it might kindle or you know give someone a bit of hope or inspiration on their journey with Baba. Yes. Yes, but uh, there are uh, in fact this is something I'm very careful about that who we feature. Right. And uh, unless I know somebody I have spent time with them because you know there's that saying all that glitters is oh not gold. <laughs> So, thank you, Gautam. Thank it you. was a pleasure as always. Likewise. Thank you so much, Gautam. Take care. Yeah, thank you.